all, you can't really talk about the early second wave of the women's movement without talking about This is a WLRN extended interview. Welcome, Cindy Sheehan to WLRN. Thank you so much for being on today with me. Oh, thank you, Cecil, for inviting me. So you recently went to Washington, D.C. for a a Rage Against the War Machine event, and you were invited to speak at two events in Illinois leading up to that event in Washington, D.C. What happened in Illinois? Okay, well, it's a super long and convoluted (laughs) story, but so my friend Paula and her partner Rick, they like um, are part of this coalition in Carbondale, Illinois, this peace coalition, and they have a a yearly event where they have like a speak out and they or a teach in, and it's all peace and justice. And my talk was called. something like, and the war machine save the planet. So it was about, you know, ending U.S. imperialism. And and that was acceptable to, to them. <laughs> that speech was acceptable to them. So, and then after Car- I was, like, hooked up in Carbondale, some activists in Chicago, because it was around the, the 18th anniversary of the invasion and occupation of Afghanistan invited me to come speak and they're people that I've worked with before. And so I was going, um, you know, to Carbondale, then Chicago, then to Washington, DC. And, uh, one night, um, Paula started being attacked on her Facebook wall about being a turf and your listeners probably know that term trans exclusionary radical feminist because Paula had, um, you know, started um, felt called to be more outspoken about her, um, you know, her thoughts on this after Magdalene Burns died. And Paula had felt that she she felt bad because she kind of avoided the situation, kind of like I avoided the situation, as you know. And um, so anyway, she was, uh, she one night started being attacked for this by a member of her own community um, in Carbondale. Other people piled on Paula, other people in her community, you know, liberal uh, uh, virtue signalers piled on um, anarchists, young anarchists, uh, old white liberals piled on, start piling on Paula for being, you know, such so bigoted and and, and um, cruel and everything because she didn't believe that, you know, men belonged in safe spaces for women. And she doesn't just automatically believe that um, just because a man says that he's a woman, that does, that does not make him a woman. That's what, you know, Paula was saying, things like that. And so this, this whole thing got ridiculous. It was like 1,500 um 1500 comments strong, which is like amazing. And I started to notice that if anybody disagreed with uh, the original post or the bullies on the page, they were labeled as Russian trolls. And so, Thistle, the only thing I said in this whole thing was, oh my God, what a ridiculous thing to charge people with being Russian trolls because you disagree with them. 
I said, that is like another liberal uh, talking point. And then all of a sudden, like the next day, there's talk of, of um, deplatforming me because I, I was on Paula's wall. And so um, they called me dis- a disgusting person. And then they contacted the event sponsors and they contacted the event, the place that was sponsoring the event. And the place that was sponsoring the event was inclined to let me speak because of free speech. But the sponsors were saying it would cause so much division and they wanted to invite somebody who was more inclusive than me beside, you know, by excluding me. Oh, and so (laughs) one part of this whole stupid story was that they wanted uh, me to uh, clarify my position and I said, okay, I will, but you're not going to like it because it's just like Paula's, really, that I, I don't think that just because a man says he's a woman that that makes him a woman. And I don't believe that, that um, men with fully functioning penises should be allowed in safe spaces for women and girls, like locker rooms, bathrooms, um, sports, you know, etc. And Oh, and again... Also, women's shelters where women who have been abused by men are trying to get away from men. And I said, and I really resent the fact that you're allowing these men to define what it, what it uh, means to be a woman. And so it probably wasn't so much me defend, you know, um, being on that post as me clarifying my position on it that got me deplatformed. Mm-hmm. And did they dig up dirt on you because oh, yeah. you interviewed <laughs> you interviewed three mm-hmm. feminists and mm-hmm. I don't recall who it was but you interviewed three feminists right. back in 2016 I think it was oh. on your radio program did they bring that up Oh yeah they did and you know the thing was that they said that I I have been on record as saying that I believe trans people should be safe too and they should be able to dress any way that they want but that doesn't that doesn't supersede the the safety of women that and that should never supersede the safety of women i also interviewed um a midwife about the ridiculous uh ways that uh birth and and um, breastfeeding and you know going through all the womanly things like um being pregnant and having uh, our periods and things like that. I, I did interview a midwife about that. And then there was an, a man, um, a, a writer, who wrote a thing in defense of me uh, about, because at that point I was also attacked at that point when I did mm-hmm. that interview. Was that in 2016? <laughs> um, yeah, I can find out the date for sure. But it was a while ago. Yeah, it was a few years, definitely. You, and, and in fact, you alluded at the beginning of our talk, you alluded to the fact that you and Paula and probably many other women who uh-huh. are doing organizing and activism and are in the community and out and in the public eye uh-huh. are avoiding this issue, right. are staying underground about this yep. issue because yep. you've seen how viciously they attack individuals. Am right. I Am I right about that? Well, I'm not so much not so much sure about it's how I would be attacked because I've been attacked ever since 
um, you know, my son died and I started speaking out against George Bush and the wars. I'm kind of used to that. What I saw it as is distracting from, you know, it would distract from my other work that I uh, have been doing, you know, against war and empire and against, you know, the U.S. government and things like that. So I thought that that would, um, you know, I wasn't so afraid of being attacked. I was just afraid of the um, distraction that it, it has caused. And, you know, Thistle, I was certain that this first deplatforming of me would lead to many others and would, would lead to a large outcry. But so far, it has not. And mm-hmm. I just think that, and I'm just, I just think that I'm with Paula is that I'm sorry that I didn't speak out about it before um, as much as I should have or could have. But um, <clears throat> I think some work that you're doing and other radical feminists are doing are, are really breaking through this, this horrible um, you know, trans rights uh, activism and the the brutality of it, and how they're such uh, you know bullies and um, and and just mm-hmm. like want to shut down free speech. Like every every chance they get, they want to shut it down. So I think that some of your activism and other radical feminist activists have are starting to kind of break through that a little bit, and maybe there are more people who. And I've seen it. I've seen people say, oh, I used to be such a, a trans rights activist, but I have just seen how ridiculous it is and, you know, how far off the mark they've gone. And so now, and, I, and I've listened to the, um, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> radical feminists talking about gender and, and about the oppression of women and how this, um, you know, trans rights activism is, is taking away the rights of women, and they don't think that that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, right. I mean, definitely, if you're a feminist activist, you are noticing that trans rights activism is basically predicated upon the uh, necessity of stomping on women. I understand what you're saying about how wanting to avoid speaking out about trans politics because it's a distraction from other work that, that very important work that we're doing, mm-hmm. such as fighting the war machine uh, and ending the environmental destruction that's going on all over the place. I was fighting against the Enbridge pipeline expansion in the state of Wisconsin. Um, there are so many other things that we wish to put our energy towards that are real progressive, I would say, progressive, radical politics um, and uh, grassroots organizing and movement, democratic movement. And yet, if you listen to Renee Garlick's speech just recently in Australia, she's talking about how trans activism is infiltrating and our movements that have nothing to yes. do with them yes you know the anti-war movement too. yeah it's like uh-huh. it's like the anti-war movement is to end all wars and to change our economy so that we're not a war-based economy but we're a peace-based economy and and that really should should be for everyone and 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 so i think of the anti-war agenda as being inclusive, as I do the environmentalist agenda, 
Yes. Um, and so I think what we're seeing is that trans activism actually works against progressive radical movement um, by centering itself uh-huh. and deplatforming women primarily who I took a course in graduate school uh, uh, called women in the environmental movement or something like that. And basically women do a lot of logistical organizing for our grassroots leftist movements. And so if you start turfing all of those people, you ain't going to have a movement anymore, you know? And, and so I'm, I don't know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I was wondering if you could just talk about that a little bit. Like what is trans activism? What are they doing in the leftist movements? You know? Well, um, I think I, I don't know what's a conspiracy theorist anyway, but there's many people who believe that, um, this trans rights, movement was um, fomented by uh, the U.S. deep state to actually undermine movements. And I see that it's doing that, right? And so, I, I mean, I was going to this little town called Carbondale, Illinois, to speak about ending U.S. empire. And all of a sudden, without even saying anything, I'm a turf that that shouldn't belong, you know, that that doesn't belong on that that stage talking about that issue. And we've seen it happen to many, many people. It just happened to um, Robert Jensen. He was going to be speaking on env- environmental justice. And he was speaking at a university. And he was deplatformed there because of um, him saying some things uh, in the past about um, trans uh, rights or whatever, things that they didn't agree with. And so, so you see it like <clears throat> if I was going to this place and I was saying that trans people aren't welcome <clears throat> and, you know, um, you know, making all of these hostile statements about how not only should we not welcome them, but we should um, burn them, which is one of the statements made about Paula the woman who uh, in Carbondale, they said that, well, you know, all turfs should be burned. You know, we're not ever saying anything like that. And so I think that, um, you know, there, and I haven't looked into it. And so I can't say for sure, but it sounds exactly like some kind of, um, some kind of movement, some kind of infiltration into these positive movements that might cause disruption, discord and dissent. Certainly, it's it's having that effect because you were deplatformed in Carbondale, right? You were not allowed to speak, right? Okay, and then, but you also said that you went to Chicago after that, and then to Washington yep. D.C. Yep. and they they let up then. They didn't bother you anymore. They didn't contact the organizers in Chicago and try to get you deplatformed there too. Well, I contacted the organizers in Chicago and I said, you know, hello, this is what's going on in Carbondale. And the organizers in Chicago um, were like, well, that sounds like um, snitch jacketing to us, Cindy. And we can't see any situation where we wouldn't allow you to speak. 
So they um, can you define the term snitch jacketing? What's that? Well, it's kind of like um, uh, the um, sense that it's like they are uh, telling. Uh, so it says it's bad jacketing. It refers to someone calling someone an informant or a snitch to out them from a group. So it doesn't that doesn't mm-hmm. sound like that's what I was. That's what I was, but it can also be um, create infighting or a witch hunt. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, so I just looked it up. Well, good. Good so, for them. Yeah. Good for what, which, <laughs> so, which Chicago Peace Group was that? Um, it was also the Sh- Chicago Coalition for Peace, I believe. But one of the main, well, this is interesting. One of the main members, group members of that is the Gay Liberation Network that wrote me you know, my checks for travel and my check for the stipend. Oh, really? Yeah, and they actually had two trans people show up to the event, and not one thing was mentioned, you know, nothing. Wow. And so they were... How do you know that the two people were trans? Um, I I don't know for sure, but it looked to me like they were trans women. Doesn't mean that they were, but it looked like it to me, so... Right, uh, right. You are listening to WLRN. So, so that's interesting to me. <laughs> that's very interesting to me that a group that actually has uh, LGBTQ members and and you know the one in Carbondale might also, but they but it seemed to me they were all white liberal virtue signal signalers who deplatformed me at the behest of some young like anarchist types uh, who outed me to the older liberals you know and mm. um and so that no no blowback in chicago up they you know i was ready for the questions i was ready for the protest or whatever um but nothing not anything but i was proactive in saying you know if you like, here's what happened to me in in Carbondale. It's ridiculous, obviously, but um, I would understand if you guys would like, you know, to take me off the program. And they were. Oh my gosh. They were just That's like. That's how oh. I've been too. Yeah, they and, were like. Oh, and, God, and I don't think we. Cindy, I don't think we should be like that. We should well, not sacrifice. We should not sacrifice our organizers our primary organizers of you know the anti-war movement uh-huh. right well it was and they, and they but I, I i mean i i i have done that too where i've said uh-huh. why don't you just take me off the bill so that your event can be spared no but, no 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 that's not what i was talking about you know oh I just i was trying to leap ahead of any uh, blowback that they might get from Carbondale, which was nothing, which was no blowback. So I just wanted to right, leave- but you I- also you also preempted that by saying it's okay if I don't have to speak, right? Well, I didn't say it was okay. You didn't say you know, it was I didn't okay. say it was Good. okay. I said I said I could Good. understand. You okay. know, but but I have worked with them for a long, long time. So these people in Chicago, you know, they're more they're more like. 
friends than just, you know, comrades or colleagues or whatever. Right on. Solidarity, yeah. right? Solidarity yeah. forever. That and then you go to Washington, D.C., Washington, D.C., and, you know, I'm in, I'm leading this uh, Rage Against the War Machine, and there was, like, nothing, not a peep of, oh, you know. She's what do you think happened? Why well, did they stop? Ever, well, the ones in Carbondale, because... Yeah, they're networked like we are on yeah. the internet, and so they yeah. could have contacted their people in yeah. DC right. exactly. and their people in Chicago. I, you know, I don't know. And another thing is, like, um, there is some. Like last year, there were some people who wouldn't participate because they like were harassing us on our Facebook page, saying, you know, we needed to make a statement that trans women are are women, and we refused to do that. So they they boycotted our event. Which Facebook page? It was called um, Women's March on the Pentagon when we oh, were doing Women's you, March and on they the Pentagon. You to make a statement. Yeah. That trans women are women, and you wouldn't. Yeah. No, we wouldn't. And so you got some blowback from that. Yeah, we had some organizations um, uh, boycott it, and they're still boycotting us because <laughs> we wouldn't say that last year. And I don't want to say it's one of the socialist organizations, and I don't want to say which one because there's so many. I don't want to name the wrong, the, you know, the wrong socialist organization. <laughs> but it, I know I don't want to say it's one that, and it's not, it's not that one. But um, I, it's the same one where this man went to their. Um, went to one of their meetings and they had to introduce themselves and then the pronouns that they wanted to use. So mm -hmm. that, that was their, their, you know, their intros is like, and what pronoun would you like to be called? So it's that one, but I, I can't, it's, you know, they have all okay. the S E P's and P I don't know. I don't know. Right. So. I don't know which, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, it, it's and I don't keep track. And, yeah. and, and a plethora of socialist organizations is wonderful as long as some of those socialist orga organizations actually do allow for women to have a voice and are not into this ideology. A lot of them are very uh, misogynist and it's very disturbing. Yeah. And that's been with us for a long time on the left, even uh -huh. before the trans activism. You know, it's like the trans activism just kind of it puts the nail in the coffin of mm -hmm. how the left has been riddled with misogyny for as long as I can remember. Um, but uh, women have done a lot of the work on the left, though, right. even dis dis despite that. Um, well, I think, so, you know, I saw that I saw that show or that that documentary about that's one that's one of the things that gave rise to the feminist movement was the misogyny in the anti-war, anti-Vietnam War movement. Right. Um, Robin Morgan is a very good example of that. She started out in the peace movement and then became a feminist and ultimately left the male peace movement. Um, mm. So... So anyway, what, what do you think is happening? How do we move forward? What, how, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're seeing that there are some leftist organizations and individuals that are waking up and mm -hmm. that feminists have been doing, we have been doing our job of getting the word out despite all of the censorship and the blacklisting and the deplatforming. Um, 
what do you what what are your plans for the future? How do you um, see things playing out in the future? Uh, around it, around trans rights activists and the infiltration of movements, or just yeah, around okay. trans rightism yeah. and and continuing with the work that you're doing in the anti-war mm-hmm. movement. Well, I think that um, one thing that, that, and like I told you, is that I felt really, um, you know, if I was going to be deplatformed anyway for barely not even using my voice on this issue, then I might as well use my voice on this issue. And, um, I mean, women's rights have long been important to me and women's safety and um, safe spaces for women have been an important issue. I mean, I'm a, whim- I'm a woman. I have daughters. I have granddaughters. You know, we can't let men define what it means to be a woman. We can't let um, the safe- safety of um, men supersede the safety of women. And so um, I think I'd like to look a little bit more into the, that is this movement uh, trans rights activism is it legitimate or is it um, you know a, a, another one of these false flags from the from the U.S. deep state? Um, so, and I want everybody to be safe, right? But it doesn't that doesn't mean that women's safety has to be compromised to make uh, men safe. And so, uh, I think I want to delve a little bit more into that and maybe do some writing about that. And to really expose um, the movement, and I just really don't see Thistle, why why um, we can't. It 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 just seems like that they're, that they're using these things to destroy people and destroy movements. They're using trans activism, so it's not even a it's not even like a question of us being um, accepting or welcoming to people. It's like it's they just have one agenda and it's trans rights, the trans rights agenda. And that's going to supersede our language, our um, safe spaces, our accommodations. It's superseding everything. And why is that? Why is it that way? It's a small percentage of the population. And um why mm-hmm. is it, why are they why do they have someone so much power? Well, this is these are very good questions. But and why do you think they have so much power over our well, first of and all, our government? I, I, you know, when when you say that this is a small percentage of the population, I disagree with that assessment. I believe that it's an ideology and not an actual condition. I don't think that oh, gotcha. anyone yeah, no, is actually yeah, gotcha. yeah. trans. Uh-huh. And I understand so that. therefore yeah. Yeah, and so therefore, yeah. it's not about a small pop, it's a, small it's percentage about of the population. Ideology. It's about an ideology, and mm-hmm. in in my opinion, it's about yeah. mind control. Mm-hmm. And 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 then this other thing that about like dismantling um, leftist, effective leftist organizing and movement to move us out of disaster capitalism and war economies and these things that we've been fighting for 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 years Mm -hmm. it's a very effective way to shut down those movements right and so where's it coming from 
I don't know. I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. I, 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 like, you know, like you, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, I think we can speculate about that. It certainly serves the powers that be. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we can say that, but as far as like, are there paid activists to be doing this work? It doesn't seem like there needs to be right. I mean, these are just people in Carbondale, Illinois that are doing this. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Like it's, it seems like the mind control is, is very effective. And so it, they get a certain percentage of the population mm -hmm. to believe in this absolutist ideology that's very authoritarian and and that's that's enough and when i say they i don't know who i'm talking about I, right is it the system either. itself <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like the system itself has its own intelligence um that's not about individuals that are in these dark room back rooms having these board meetings with a bunch of balding white mm -hmm. straight men or whatever you know like um the system itself has mechanisms built into it to preserve itself and to fight like hell as it goes down. And so maybe these are like the last throws of, of the system just imploding on itself. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't have the answers to that, but well, I'm was... really glad you're, you're coming out. I, I think it's really great. And um, I hope it in inspires other peace activists i think it's really wonderful that the the people in chicago um were not you know they didn't blink an eye at this and also in washington dc i i believe that we can um appeal with our creativity with our analysis with our conversations with our free speech we can appeal to the vast majority of people out there um and and we're going to just keep moving forward. We're just going to keep on keeping on. And what they have to offer is dull and boring, repetitive and stupid. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just, I don't know. We've got lots of things on our side um, in the long run. So, so is well, there anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, and well, I just, you so like, much. I just think that it's like, um, like when Obama became president, so many white liberals refused to protest him because, you know, he came from a disadvantaged, uh, you know, historically disadvantaged. He certainly wasn't disadvantaged, but that didn't bother them that he wasn't disadvantaged. They refused to protest him because he was half black. And so I think it's a lot of liberal virtue signaling that they, that a lot of these people like these white um, liberals in Carbondale felt like the trans population is a disadvantaged, oppressed population. And so they feel like any questioning of that is, um, you know, harming their safety or whatever. And so um, that's, I think, the, the problem is that these white liberals, they have, uh, they have no allegiance to anything except uh, they're thinking of their own um, virtue, their own, uh, you know, what it makes them feel good to step, stick up for oppressed people, but they always ignore that women are the most oppressed of all. Right on. Thank you so much, Cindy.
You just listened to an interview I did with Cindy Sheehan about her recent deplatforming in Carbondale, Illinois, at an anti-war event she was scheduled to speak at in October 2019. Cindy has been a staunch anti-war activist since 2004 when her son, Casey, was killed in Iraq. Cindy signed the Defend Feminists petition you can find at defendfeminists.net after she granted me the interview. She is ready to speak out on this issue of silencing, intimidating, and threatening feminists for expressing our opinions. Join her at defendfeminists.net. As always, thanks for tuning in to WLRN. If you like what you're hearing, consider making a donation to the cause of Feminist Community Powered Radio by clicking on the donate button on our WordPress site. Thanks for listening. This is Thistle Patterson, signing off for now.